podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to After Extra Time, the opinionated football podcast where 90% of the time, me and Greeny are usually having an argument. <laughs> Before we start, a slight little bit of housekeeping. Um, we have had to change it to explicit usually because it's my language that's causing the issues, no one else's. Um, so apologies for the last couple of episodes where they've been a bit naughty. Um, so I would like to first welcome the sensible one of the group, Mr. Jack Godfrey. Hello, sir. Hello, Jack. How are you, I'm mate? all right. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm not too sure about sensible, mate. Well, out of, the, out of me and Greeny, let's be honest. Well... I'm trying to be sensible, mate. You know, it's only my third podcast. Maybe give me a couple more yeah. weeks and I might start. I might have to refer to Green as the sensible one, which is a scary thought. And, um, yeah. Secondly, let's introduce the uh, limelight stealing, not so famous, Mr. Adam Green. Hello. Yes, lads, how are you? All right. That's <laughs> too energetic for this, isn't it? It's <laughs> easy. I like um, it when you mention the word famous, mate. It gets me going. Yeah, I could put not so at the beginning of that. I'm going to point that out. <laughs> um, so, quick catch-up. How have we been? How have we enjoying the football? Yeah, mate, I'm enjoying it. It's been good, isn't it? Some big big shocks, uh, surprising <laughs> games. Uh, you know, so, yeah, it's been decent, mate, to be fair. And also, mate, I'm looking forward to your interview with Marlon King in a bit. Yeah, no, that's going to be good. I'm uh, really looking forward to that. Although, I'm nervous, not going to lie. Um, Jack, do you want to talk about football, or are we sort of diverting from the subject this week with you? <laughs> no, I'm happy to talk about football, oh. mate. Um, yeah, I've enjoyed some of it. Um, some of it I've not enjoyed so much, mainly oh, Darby, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, because we've got a guest this afternoon, it's going to be a bit of a quicker one. Um, first topic has to be the breaking news that came out this morning. Um, Manchester City been reinstated in the Champions League. Um, we had a bit of a discussion on this last night. Greeny, how do you feel the verdict went? Do you think it was a favourable one for Man City or do you think it showed that UEFA were a bit sort of, uh, we've, we've not done what we should have done, looking a bit weak now? Uh, mate, I'm glad this, ex- this is explicit now because it's, yeah. it's a load of fucking bollocks, mate. <laughs> and the reason for that is, if it was any other team, mate, who haven't got the money like City, they yeah. wouldn't have got reinstated. And that's a, that's a fact, mate. I, mean, I touched on it with a couple of ex-pros recently, mate, when we was on about it. And they turned around and said to me at the time, you watch, because if a team like Leicester was in the Champions League, OK. But if they want a Man City in the league, in the, in the Champions League, they're a lot bigger team than Leicester. They'll yeah. get more money in than Leicester. There's bigger stars than Leicester, a bigger manager than Leicester's manager. So, at the end of the day, mate, that's where they're going to get the money from, is Man City. So, they called it straight down the line, mate. Yesterday, I think it was yesterday when we were speaking about it. They Mm. said, you watch, tomorrow morning they'll be reinstated. And what did we get? Reinstated Man City. So, I think it's a farce, mate. And now, what sort of example does that set for other teams now? That's that's my point. What what, what do you make of it, Jake? Do you think that the um, UEFA have got to now look at how they do financial fair play? Because surely that just throws it all out the window now. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to agree with uh, the one and only Femish group. Uh, uh, I don't to it already. <laughs> I know. We're only a couple of minutes yeah, and I'm yeah. already agreeing with him. No, yeah. Um, I know we touched on it last week, the same with the uh, the Championship and their rulings, like the Wigan administration. Yeah. 
Um, and they're obviously inconsistent with their laws, etc., and how they how they rule stuff. I just I don't understand how. Well, I do understand how it's got overturned, and it's, it's the simple thing that money talks, really. Like Greeny said, um, I just don't know. Like Greeny said again, it's what kind of example does that set to everyone else? Is like are, the rules are a farce; they're a joke. The rules clearly don't matter. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't know where, what happens. You know, I think the same sort. Of, did the same thing happen with Chelsea, where they had a transfer ban and it got lifted after? Yeah, they were supposed to have a transfer ban for two windows, but it got lifted so that they could buy, bring people in in January. Yeah, which again, this inconsistent again. Yeah. Like the rules are there for a reason. If they're broken, you should be reprimanded. It's simple as that. I think the same thing happened with Barcelona as well. I think with well, yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, that was the, the transfer. Yeah, window. that was the thing. They they didn't have any attackers because they're all that injured and they went and said to I think it was either the Spanish FA or UEFA we need a special um, permission request to bring in a striker and they brought in Martin Braithwaite from Leganes for 16 million I think or something. Um, uh, yeah I mean I, I just think UEFA are a laughing stock now um, I know there was questions about the fact that the evidence was out of date and it was too long ago to, to sort of discuss. But if, and I know that UEFA's ruling wasn't involved, it was the Court of Arbitration for Sport. I get that. But something should have been done. And I, I think it just means that now the likes of PSG, who are another one that have been questioned with Man City in this um, sort of overpaying of everything. Um, that it just shows that no one really cares about UA from the financial fair play and they can get away with it. Um, so, yeah, so that was a bit frustrating. Um, I was going to talk about the Champions League draw, but I'm not because I think Greeny's too wound up about the Champions League uh, <laughs> after Man City. So I'm going to wind him up about Leicester versus Bournemouth. Oh, lovely. But <laughs> <laughs> always. When, when I'd left it, Leicester were winning. And then when I when I when I last checked it, Leicester were four one down. Greeny, <laughs> can you explain what on earth happened? <laughs> Where do you want me to start, mate? We ain't got long, mate. This could take two hours on its own. That's fine. Um, mate, first half, we looked decent, got tactics spot on, and you think, yeah, we should be cruising. We should have been three or four up at half time. Bournemouth didn't trouble us, mate. Vardy scored a scrappy goal, but you'll take it. And then, mate, second half, I just can't get my head right. I'm still fuming now. I mean, I even texted you last night, I think, Jacko, saying yeah. how pissed off I were. I know. And, I, was, uh, I, was trying to get, I was trying to wind you up. So. Yeah, yeah. And it was working, mate. And uh, <laughs> But, mate, half-time, he's bringing Nacho off, who was probably the best player on the pitch, running the channels, linking with Vardy. And he was a threat. And he was dragging the defence left, right, you know, all over the shop. And he mm. took him off. And brought on Dennis Pratt. Now, I'm not saying he's he's shocking because by all means he's been quality this year, but mate, don't sit and defend a one nil. Def- you know what I mean? You just don't have to, mate. When we was all over in first half. Do you keep, think he was hampered before Brighton going off injured though? No, because it didn't make no difference, mate. When he went off, we had a decent enough replacement. Yeah. So, and then by that time, mate, we we're still on top of the game. I just feel the ta- the tactic he done at second half was horrendous, mate. I mean, I did, I mean, we spoke about it before when you asked me about Arsenal sitting on a 1-0 lead and I said, mm. well, if it works, it works. But, 
I'm going back on my steps a bit here. <laughs> oh, here he is. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. I can't, I can't understand sitting on a 1-0 lead when you're battering a side where they're not pressuring you. So why would you sit on a 1-0 lead when, when you're all over them? I just, it baffles me, mate. It really does baffle me. And then Smarkle made that cock up and went to do a little dink pass instead of just oofing it up. And it, indeed, he gave a penalty away, which was a penalty, you can't argue. And then Suntu, mate, what was he doing? Kicking that bloke in the net. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, come on, man. That's, you know, that's like childish, isn't it? Yeah. And now we're knackered because yeah. he's out for the season, mate. And it cost us the goals. And, mate, I can go on all night and I'm not going to go on anymore because it's really pissed me off, right? I gathered that. <laughs> and let's put it this way. Leicester City will not be in the Champions League now, next season. What What do you make of that result from Bournemouth's point of view, Jack? Do you think that's too little too late? Or do you think with the fact that West Ham play Watford um, coming up this week, do you feel that they've got a chance sort of almost getting out of it. I mean, it's massive, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's probably kept them in the hunt just about. I know that they've got a travel to, is it, I think it's Man City next next up or, oh no, yeah, Man City, yeah, yeah. Um, which is obviously a shame after getting that result. Yeah. Um, and then they've got to go to Everton as well. Um, so, I think, and then I can't, I'm not sure, oh, and Southampton as well. So, there's three relatively tough games there for Bournemouth, but like you say, they've kept themselves alive and that West Ham-Watford game is huge. Mm. Um, I think whoever wins that will probably be, well, not probably, will probably, yeah, be safe. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately for Bournemouth, everyone around them won at the weekend. Yeah, well, that was the thing I was, I was going to talk on because obviously Villa won as well. Um, yeah. West Ham won, Watford won. Um, yeah. How, how would you... If you were a West Ham or a Watford fan, would you take a point from that game or would you want to win it outright to, to sort of solidify that both teams are further away from Bournemouth and Villa? I think I'd take a point. Yeah, yeah I think I think I'd take a point purely based on the fact that who Bournemouth have got in the next three games. Yeah. But, but then again, for purely confidence-wise and, and like solid... In black and white, I'd want the three points, yeah. but I don't think a point each isn't. I don't think it's a bad result. But then again, like I say, I think when you win that game, you've pretty much confirmed you're safe in the division. Yeah. Greeny, same but, same thing for you. Would you do you want a, a draw or would you take like Jack three points? Uh, yeah, I agree with what Jack was saying, mate. I mean, you'd take a point, but you'd really want the three just yeah. to. Uh, know that you probably will stay up but there's still three three games to go take a point still putting pressure on the other lads in the bottom in it I mean mm. apart from Norwich you're already down so yeah put the pressure on them but Bournemouth now nah, mate now nah, they've popped in four goals I think they're on a high mate so whoever plays them next <laughs> Man, Man City, Man yeah. City <laughs> I mean you wouldn't think they'll do Man City over but you never know now do you you know what I mean mm. We've seen some shocks, lads, so uh, I wouldn't want to put my money on Bournemouth losing it. I wouldn't want to say, you know, but you never know with football. I think I, I, I want West, West Ham to stay up, though. Yeah? Yeah, I do want them to stay up. I like Moisey. 
Is that your third? Is that your third team now, Green? You've got Arsenal, Leicester, and West Ham. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, sort of, sort of, Jack. If you want to call it like that, definitely, definitely, Derby and on my list, pal. Well, that's for sure. Leicester are on top of my list. Just, no, just, just quickly before we go on to Villa Everton, um, did you hear about uh, Jim White on Talksport the other day? He was discussing with Natalie Sawyer, who's a die-hard Brentford fan, why she keeps supporting Brentford. And I'm, I'm going to ask you the same sort of question: Would you ever want to change the team that you support, or are you those those teams for life? I mean, Greeny, it's more difficult for you because you chop and change every week. <laughs> But Jack, would you would you ever consider changing your team, or are you Derby for life? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, Derby through, yeah. There's no chance I'm changing. Yeah. Even if Derby got disbanded as a club, I'd probably say, right, I'm not supporting the club, but obviously watch football and enjoy it still. But yeah, yeah I mean, if... that'd be nice, though, Jack. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it would be. I'd probably go to Port Man City then. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't chop and change anything. No. I'd, I'd, I'd stay for Derby, even though we are, you know, frustrating at times and we don't win every week. But I think that's what makes being a football fan, isn't yeah. it? The ups and downs. But it's all the investment that you put into that club as well. Because how, how long have you two been going to watch your clubs? <laughs> well, mate, a fair while. I mean, I went to my first game when we were at Philbrook Street. Of course. Yeah, so yeah. going back a few few uh, things, mate. But I won't be supporting them soon, Jacko, mate. If they don't pick up these wins... Oh, dear. Well, you, I'll, you'll be where you are. Yeah, I'll be uh, putting my West Ham shirt on, mate. <laughs> and it quite... Yeah, and well, I, to be fair, the West Ham shirt goes nice with a pair of jeans. Okay. <laughs> Which means I'll get a, get a Ten... bigger chance to kick you on a football pitch, doesn't it? <laughs> does, does, does that mean not only are you... Now famous, you're also a fashion guru as well. I am. A, a bit, I get called Gok quite a bit. Yeah, mm. Gok, more like Cock. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, we're digressing slightly. Um, Villa Everton, had that Bournemouth result not uh, happened, how well do you think Villa would have thought about staying up, Jack? Um, I think they still, still definitely a room of a sniff. Um, Palace, on the other hand, while we're talking about the Villa game, were absolutely awful and have been for the last five games. Mm. Um, I think they're on their holidays, I just think. But, I mean, looking at their run of fixtures, and they mentioned it during the game yesterday, they've got three tough games coming up. So, that they can finish the season with eight consecutive losses. Yeah. Um, I don't think... It, I think Villa will probably come up short. Yeah. I think. Um, I was so hoping you, you said that, Jack, because I was ready to pounce. Yeah, well, I'm sure you were. You worry about what you're wearing with your jeans, Greeny. Which shirt you're going to put on? <laughs> He's got confused with the claret and blue. We don't know if it's yeah, West Ham, yeah, Villa yeah. or Burnley. It definitely ain't Burnley, pal, <laughs> playing that long ball, Jacko. <laughs> Greeny, what do you make of the Villa performance? Well, mate, Villa played well, I'll give them their credit, mate. Um, obviously, I, I, I despite Villa, to be fair, but... Uh, they played well, and again, like like he touched on, Jack touched on, the opposition were dreadful. Um, I mean, they're lucky, mate. They're safe because they could be in a relegation battle if uh, you, you know what I mean. Before this, mate, they're lucky enough they picked up enough points. But I reckon they were they're, they're probably the worst team in the league at the minute, apart from Norwich. It's probably yeah. Palace, and uh, yeah. and Roy would probably be out of a job by now, mate. If this was the start of the season, yeah. Because you know what football clubs are like these days, mate. They don't get many games, do they? Do you think it's a time for change at Palace? Or are they sort of happy that they're in mid-table? 
Mate, I think it's if, if they're going to keep the likes of Sarah and stuff, they've got. To, I think they've got to change, mate. I mean, Roy's he proved it of England, didn't he? His yeah. football style is not great. It's a bit slow, boring. I reckon they could get a top manager in there. To be fair, because Palace have got a good backing with fans. The chairman's pretty sound. So I reckon if they can get a top manager in there, mate, and keep the top players, they'll probably fight. They'll probably be like a Wolves or an Everton, you know, getting Europa Leagues. Um, what about you, Jack? Did you, how do you see Palace sort of going from next season? Do, do they need a change? Do they, are they are you happy that Roy's still there? Or do you think that it's time to sort of look for someone like Eddie Howe if he was to go from Bournemouth? Yeah. Before you actually said Eddie Howe, I had Eddie Howe in my mind. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think it is time for a change. I think Roy, Palace have been quite inconsistent. Um, you know, they, they were down the bottom and they did really well to come back up and obviously they're losing games. And like Guarini said, they're lucky that they're safe and it doesn't affect them. The fact that they keep losing all these games otherwise they would be in a relegation battle. But yeah, I think Palace have not, I suppose, being a sort of mid-table or you know, like 13th, 14th, 15th sort of position in the Premier League is successful in some ways. But then again, you need to, at some stage, progress from there. Yeah. And probably break, try and break into the top 10. And at the minute, they don't appear to be doing that with what they're doing. No. So, yeah, why not have a change? Um, I'm not sure how long Roy's been there. Has he been there a couple of seasons now? He's been there sort of three or four now, I think. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Well, well, there you go then. I think... We've answered that question ourselves. I think time for a change, time to move on. Maybe as harsh as it is on Roy Blessing, maybe he needs to retire. Um, Just, yeah, maybe a a change. You know, I don't think Palace have actually got that bad a squad. Um, They've got a few decent players in there, to be fair. And like Greeny said, they've got a good backing of the fans and that. And I don't know if they've got any money to spend or not, but I'm sure they can draw some some decent players in and, you know, try and have a push on that top 10 and try and break into it. You know, you, you've got teams like Wolves and Sheffield United and Burnley and teams like that pushing for the top 10. So, you know, why can't Palace? Yeah. Um, Chelsea and Leicester are both struggling for a Champions League spot. After Chelsea's defeat to Sheffield United this weekend... Are they in a position where they will not be playing Champions League football next season, Jeff? Um, I think Chelsea could potentially be slipping out of the top four yeah. and end finishing fifth. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, they've got Norwich next game, which is probably guaranteed three points. And then they've got um, is it Wolves and... Liverpool. Yeah. So, you know, that's two tricky games. Wolves have still got everything to play for as well. They're not going away. Um, and obviously, going to Anfield, the champions will not be easy under any circumstances. Um, I just think the form of Man United is is the what, isn't it? They're the real dangers at the minute. I don't think Leicester are a danger, you know, from what we saw yesterday. Um, Man United have got a nice run in as well. Obviously, you've got Southampton tonight. Yeah. Um, I think they got another two. Then they got West Ham at home, and then they uh, they finish at Leicester. Which the way they're going, that's nine points for them. So, and you know you've got a tough ask for for Chelsea to get nine points out of their fixtures. So, 
I mean, they're the dark horses, United. You know, they win tonight. They go. I think they, they go third, don't they? They do go third, yeah. They, they would go above Chelsea. Unless yeah. it's the league spot. So, so there you go. I think, yeah, I, I, I think Chelsea and Leicester really do have a have to worry about the teams below them. I don't think Wolves maybe are a threat. Um, I think the gap's just a bit too much. But then again, if Wolves win the next three games, they, they put themselves up there. Yeah. Like I've touched on, yeah, I just think Chelsea and Leicester need to be keeping an eye on their shoulder uh, from Man United. And um, Chelsea need to pick up points. They really need to bounce back, same as Leicester in the next game, and then try and find some momentum in the next two games and finish the season with two wins or a win and a draw. Um, to you, Greeny, mm. to play Sheffield United. Yeah. How much of a must-win game is that for them to sort of consider European football next year? Uh, yeah, it is a must, mate. I mean, touching what Jack, Jack said, yeah, United are in good form, but I've got a feeling tonight, mate. I think I think their run's going to come to an end. And I think Southampton might do them over tonight. I really do, because the way I'm looking at it is now, they've got the, the tables are turned and they've got pressure on them now, because they've got to think, We've got we've got a win to go third. We lose, we stay where we are, yeah. and the table don't change. So that would be a bonus for Chelsea and Leicester. So it depends if they can take the pressure. I mean, we've seen United this year, mate. They've been on and off, but yes, since lockdown, they've come back strong. Leicester have had a blip. Chelsea have had a blip. I think, I still think it's all open, mate. And I, I reckon we'll see it go down to the last game of the season for for, for four of the teams there. If Sheffield United do beat Leicester on Thursday, mm. can we rule Sheffield United in for a Europa League spot, or is that gap too much? No, I think I think you rule them in there, mate. I, I, I think if you're going to say informed teams like United, mate, I think Sheffield United are on all, don't they? Yeah, they have. They're, I was just having a look at the fixtures. They beat Spurs. They drew a Burnley. They beat Chelsea. Um, mm. you know, they've, they've got some good results on the bounce. Mm. You, I mean, if you said to me Leicester have got to drop out of the league for a team, the team of your choice to go into Europa, who would it be? I think I'd have to put Sheffield United in it, mate. Yeah. Not Wolves? No, not Wolves. No, he doesn't like Wolves, does he? No, not Wolves. I mean, Sheffield, I'd have to go on Sheffield due to the fact is where they've come from, what players they've got, what the manager's done, what results they've done. And it'd be interesting to see how they cope in the Europa League. And with the league at the same time, who would they bring in? It'd be nice to see. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I'd, I'd say Chef is still in with a shout, mate. Just touching quickly, Jack, on um, Sheffield United, how well do you think Chris Wilder's done this season? Just before you said that, I thought you were going to try and use my famous line from last no, week. I'm not going to touch myself on Greenwood. No. <laughs> that's that's all um, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I honestly think, personally for me, Chris Wilder deserves manager of the year. Yeah, exactly that. That, that job is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you said Sheffield United were going to get promoted last year and then be challenging for the Europa League spot this year and just... It's just it's not even the fact that they're there. It's the, the way they do it, the squad they're using, the money they've spent, you know. The, fa- the basis... It's such a simple basis that Sheffield United use. It works. So, it's so effective. Yeah. Like they all work hard. They all want the ball. They can all play on the ball. The wing backs, even the, the three at the back. Sometimes you see like Basham or Egan, and like Egan mm. scored two goals in the last couple of games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just 
like the job he's done is just exceptional, and he's proved he's a good manager time and time again. You know, he got back to back promotions with Sheffield United. He got promotions with Northampton, I think. Um, yes, he did. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he's he's you know he's proved his worth, and I just yeah, you, I think you can't. There's not enough superlatives to put into words how good he's been this season. I just who, uh, just just quickly, as we go around the table, who would be your pick for manager of the year? I know you said. Chris Wilder, yeah. Greeny, have you got... um, mate, it's not who I've got. It's who I think, and I think Jurgen would get it due to the fact that Liverpool haven't won the league for thirty years. I mean, if City have won it, uh, Man City, then I'll probably agree with Jack with Wilder. But I think because Liverpool have won it, I think that's just going to knock Wilder off the podium, mate, and they're going to give it Klopp. No, I, I have to sort of agree with that annoyingly. A, because it's green, and B, because I think they will give it to, to Klopp because of Liverpool's first title in 30 years. But just touching on it, uh, just talking about it quickly, I think Wilder's done a fantastic job. He's been such a, a big breath of fresh air for Sheffield United. He's a homegrown boy. He knows the club in and out. And what, as you say, what he's done is just fantastic. I, I do genuinely hope it continues because I think he's such a good... Good manager for the Premier. While you're touching on managers, quick, who who would you uh, rather have if you for your squad in Championship, lads? Would you rather Wilder, Nuno, or um, Daichi? Ah, well, that's a tough one, isn't it? Because we've yeah. touched on these managers quite a lot, so I just want to know. Yeah, what, we are. Who, if it was a if it was a Millwall job vacancy come up or a Derby job, lads? I mean, Jack, who would you go for? I suppose it depends on who my squad is and what I've got. Mm. I think if I've got more expansive and more flair sort of players and who who can like ping ball and stuff, I think I'd have Nuno. But if yeah. I've got like a sort of really like not basic squad, but like a just like a, like a, a, a real squad, but no like standout. Well, you got to pick I've from got... the squad you've got now, Jack. Chris Wilder, hmm. Jacko. Yeah, see, I. I... I'd have to go with either Wilder or Daishi. Um I, I think I'd probably be more inclined to go with Daish because he's got that Millwall background. Um, but I think both of them work well with squads that work hard, that have got a high work rate, that are willing to put the, the effort in every game. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would have to take either Wilder or Daish, but a sort of slight... Slight urge towards Dyche, I think, but that's purely for the Millwall connection. Yeah, that's, I think for me, it's don't get me wrong, all three are doing really good jobs. So I just think, oh, gotcha, I wouldn't, you wouldn't say no, really, no, exactly. I just think, based on, I think, obviously, based on different squads, squad. so yeah, I just think I'd, I'd pick Wilder, but that's no disrespect to Dyche or uh, Chris Wilder because they're both doing very good jobs. Um, while we're on about Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp. They lost their 100% home record this weekend at home to Burnley. Are we... If you're a Liverpool fan, are you annoyed by that, Jack? That that's happened? Um, yes, I'd say I'd say they are, yeah. I know, obviously, they're champions and it's probably irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, these sort of records you want to try and keep and you want to be the best of the best. Um yeah. And no disrespect again to Burnley, but I think Liverpool fans will be expecting them to beat Burnley. Um, but credit Burnley, you know, they came to Anfield and they made it hard to play. And, you know, yeah. 
tough to break down and you know they stopped Liverpool from playing um, but I think if you look at it from a Liverpool point of view I think they'll be disappointed that they didn't pick up three points obviously like I said we spoke about before they will obviously beat the Premier League record yeah I mean when if you're a, a team that's already won the league you want to try and break records of course you do and I think they'll be frustrated that they didn't you know they didn't pick up the three points against Burnley and that record's gone Greeny what about you? Nah I disagree with Jack that's I was wondering when this would happen. Here we go. I don't think fans would be annoyed, man. They've won the league. Why would you be annoyed? Because you've lost a, a little game or lost a 100% record. Mate, we'd, they won't give them monkeys now. They've won the league. They've got what they want. So now it's just like a, you know what I mean? It's it's holiday, isn't it? So, yeah, but they like they like bragging rights, Greeny, Liverpool yeah, fans. They've they got bragging rights, them. mate, by winning the league. Yeah, but they want to break records. No. They want to be the best of the best. No, mate, I'd have to disagree with you, Jack. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't have to. Oh, he will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, oh, mate, if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be happy with it. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd be happy that they're in the league, but I'd just be slightly disappointed that, you know, that record's gone, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to touch on the championship now. Because, you know, I, I want to talk about it this week because it's been a good weekend. Hey, Jacko, yeah. I, I want to talk about it this week as well. <laughs> <laughs> can I, um, is there any chance I can, I can leave this recording or not? No, <laughs> no, 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 no I hope. Um, how big is Cardiff Derby for you now, Jack? Uh, if we lose, the season's over, simply put. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I didn't expect us to get anything against West Brom or Brentford, uh, and we didn't. Um, they're two very good sides and they're second and third for a reason and they prove why um, I think in terms of Derby um, West Brom totally outclassed um, and the Brentford game I thought we started slow but then we were the better side in that uh, second period after the drinks break in the first half yeah. and then the howler from Hamer just killed us off and Brentford carried on being a uh, dominant in that second half and you know there was a few sparks from Derby but nothing major but yeah it's a must win from Derby if Derby don't win that their season is over Um, then again Derby should probably need to win the next three games and hope results go their way in order to get playoffs so do you think that's feasible with the fixture list that you've got if we beat Cardiff tomorrow maybe Uh, if Leeds win is it tomorrow or Thursday whenever they play I think it's Thursday against Barnsley or Wednesday, I'm not sure. Um, if Leeds win, um, maybe, but uh, I just... The Leeds game worries me. The Cardiff game, we can go there and have a go at them. I'm not sure if we'll get anything. Um, then we've got, obviously, the Leeds game, which will be tough. Make no yeah. ways about it. That, that'll be a really hard game, and I'm not sure Derby will get anything from that. And then we finish up with Birmingham, which I'd expect us to beat. But I, I can't see us winning the next three games. But we no. need we need to really if we want to get that sixth place. But then again, I think if we get that sixth place, we'd have to play Brentford and we'd probably get pumped over the two legs anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> and what what would you like to talk about the championship? Uh, I've just got this just this to say to Jack and for all these Cardiff fans who are going to listen today. <laughs> you are my Cardiff, ooh, ooh, my only Cardiff. You make me happy. When skies are grey, you never notice how much I love you. So please don't take my Cardiff away. La, 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 la. <laughs> Thank you for that, Greeny. <laughs> yeah. That's all I've got to I'd say. Just, <laughs> whatever respect we had of this podcast has literally just taken a massive nosedive. 
I'd just like to say, Greeny, come on, Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah. You are my Bournemouth. <laughs> so, do we think Leeds are going to wrap it up this week? Is it done and dusted? Done, mate. Yes. Yeah. They're finally going to get over the line. And it pains me to say this, but they deserve it. And you'll, yeah. you'll probably agree with me, Jacko. You know, obviously we don't like Leeds. So I don't think anyone likes no. Leeds. But, you know, they've been far and away. If, well, they are the best in the league. The league says that. But, yeah, they've. I know the last couple of years they've stumbled. And obviously, you know, do you know what? I hate Leeds, but, they just, you know, they deserve a shot in the Prem. Their fan, their fan base, although I don't like their fan base, their fans are excellent. You know, home and away support's really good. Bielsa's done a really good job. Um, they've got a good squad of players and I should imagine they'll be it's obviously top against bottom Thursday night um, I just I just think they got the job done yeah I think they've been really good all season they have had their few ups and downs but they've kept fighting back you know I think, yeah. did they lose the first game after lockdown I think or do they yeah uh, they lost I think they, did they lose one game or draw one game and then everyone yeah was like, I think oh. they lost it they yeah, they did, but they haven't. I don't think they've dropped a point since. No, that's what I mean. So everyone was like, "Oh, they're going to do a Leeds again," and they and they you know they That's right. Back. Yeah, they lost to Cardiff. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then they bounced back, and you know, normally Leeds from then would probably bottle it and finish, you know, third or fourth. But you know, they've done something they've not normally done, and they've they've got themselves back on that horse, and they deserve to be where they are. Unfortunately, which it no. pains me to say, but yeah, they do deserve it. Rainy, your thoughts on Leeds? Yeah, uh, I totally agree with Jack. Uh, they deserve it, mate. It's been a long time coming for them, but have they got enough to uh, enter the Prem with what they've got? They're going to have to buy, aren't they? Well, you get, we, we've obviously we've we've touched on this discussion um, in previous episodes where you can either do what Fulham and Villa did and it not get you anywhere and potentially get you relegated. Or you could do what the likes of Sheffield United, Burnley and Norwich have done, which is invest wisely. And you, I know you're going to say, but it hasn't worked in Norwich's case, but it has worked in Burnley and Sheffield United's case. So, you know, there, there are pros and cons for both. I just don't think um, it'll work, mate, with Leeds. I don't. No. I mean, even after them players, they're low needs, aren't they? Uh, they've got a few they haven't got many though I think uh, I think that the nucleus of that side is is Leeds is probably is probably Leeds I think Harrison Reid is on loan there's not many I think I genuinely think that Leeds squad will do better than a lot of people think in the Premiership I think I think they'll they'll put up a real fight I don't Jack I think they'll bottle it like they have done the last couple of years in the champ I really do do you not do you not think that with Bielsa in charge that they're going to invest wisely and it will keep no, them up? No, let, no, let's no. be honest, won't be there long Bielsa enough. is a good coach. What, what do you mean, Bielsa? He won't, won't be there long, long enough, enough, mate, because he'll get the sack halfway through the season. If Leeds if are okay. bottom of the table at Christmas, do you reckon they'll keep Bielsa? I personally think, and, and this is, I hate saying this because I'm a Millwall fan, but I, I think getting rid of Bielsa would be a massive mistake. I don't know if I agree, Jacko. I really, I don't know, mate. Well, no, I'm, I'm not doing it just, just <laughs> to be an idiot. But I, I don't think I do, mate. I don't think he's got the pedigree to come in the champion uh, into the prem. I mean, one, he can't talk English. Two, <laughs> it's a different ball game to the championship, so his his tactics have gone after a change. Yeah, but I think it will suit Leeds, is what I'm saying, Greeny. I don't know, mate. I, 
What, what, what's your take on Bielsa, Jack, as a championship fan? I mean, I do a lot of things to get him at Derby. I think, yeah. like, 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 like we touched on before, I don't, I don't like Leeds. In fact, I hate Leeds, and it hurts to see that they're top of the league. But he is. Leeds were, you know, they were around for bottling it. They weren't really doing a lot. And then the last two, three seasons, they've started. There's been a, a big change at Leeds. Obviously, you probably seen that. Been in the championship with Millwall, and do you know what? Leeds fans were getting. They're in the same sort of routine as Derby. You know, Derby. I think along with Forest, and now they're like the most had to spend the most consecutive years in the championship. It's like twelve or thirteen. But Leeds were getting like that. They were getting where they were just mid-table, maybe one year in the playoffs. You know, they weren't really. There was nothing there. And then he's came in, and there's been a an emphasis change, where they finish playoffs, playoffs, I think, and then this season, but potential champions. Are they a better team than what Norwich are? I said, I think well, so. Yeah, yes, no, I are, don't yeah. agree with that what either. I how how can you say that Norwich, Norwich are a better, are a better side, side than Leeds? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I don't think so. How many of them Norwich players were getting another Premier League squad? Probably most of them. How many of them Leeds players now would come up to the Prem and who signed the Leeds player? The only players out of that Norwich side that would get into another Premier League squad yeah. would be Lewis, Aarons, Godfrey, Campbell. And Pookie. No, Pookie he would. Pookie, Pookie hasn't scored goals. He hasn't scored in about 30 a team, games. A team, a team like uh, a Palace... A ball no. would take Pookie. I'd Palace, have... Palace have got their own goal scorer that hasn't scored in 30 years, and that's Ben Tecker. Yeah, mate, but... Uh, They're if... not going to have a second Pookie would. I reckon Pookie would get snapped, snapped up. No. He's 30, what? Greeny. So you would, you'd what? rather take Bamford over Pookie? Do you know what? I would. Oh, mate, because... come on. No, I'll tell you why, Take why, your Greeny. drugs away, Bamford... mate, and look at it realistically. But... No, I tell you why, Greeny. Bamford came on loan at Derby, and he single-handedly shot us into the playoffs. So, yeah, but mate, you know. even, I'm, I'm mates with a Leeds fan, right? And I speak to him quite often, and he even told me half of that squad there, he's they've got, are not capable of the print. And that's coming from a massive die-hard Leeds fan. He also told I disagree. me that Bielsa isn't the right man for the job. Well, I disagree. And that's coming from I a Leeds. Fan. I don't see how. I don't see how a Leeds fan would say that Bielsa's not the right man for the job. He's got them within their first championship title in God knows how long and they've got them back into the Premier League. Yeah, yeah he I mean, has. That's great. I, I but he, how... he's looking, because I asked him, is he the man for the job for the Prem? He said, not a chance is he the man for the Prem. Well, ask him, who, did, who would he take then? Who's... Well, I don't know, because he's not on here, mate. So I can't answer for <laughs> <laughs> We'll come back next week and find out who he is. Yeah, yeah. Get, get the information and we'll, we'll have the discussion again next week. We'll get, we'll get him <laughs> um, on, shall we? Yeah, why not? Um, quickly, League One player final tonight. Who have you got? I've got Wickham. I've got to yeah. stick by uh, my mate Steve and go with Wickham. Is it just because it's Steve? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, me heart's at Oxford, me head says Wickham. Yeah. Jack, what about you? Oxford all the way, I think. Yeah. Can I just touch quickly? I think that both of them it'd be really good to see either of them in the championship you know it's, they're sort of like a, uh, a Luton town you know like a small sort of club mm. and for them to <laughs> you wouldn't dare say that to a Wickham fan <laughs> well I will say it to them they're equivalent to a Luton <laughs> no well, but well I, I think, think the job that Ames has done with the finances he's got I think it is 
it wasn't in, it wasn't in terms of teams. It was just in terms of the fact that they're both sort of clubs that aren't on a massive wage budget. They're no. not massively well. There's not a massive fan base of, of Oxford and Wickham fans. You know, they're not like a like I don't know a Derby, a Forest, a Millwall, a Leeds. You know, they're not all that sort of ilk. And the, and the fact that one of them. Do you know the if uh, if Wickham come up, they're already debt free. Mm. So they'll come up. They'll have all that money to spend, and be debt free. Yeah, but who do they want to sign, Green? Who's going to want to go to Wickham? Well, mate, who's just yeah, <laughs> look at Luton Town side? Do something about Luton? They signed Kazenga Luwalua, mate, and that's a sign in and off. That's because he's your best mate. Would you, yeah. would you say though, Luwalua would go to Luton Town? You wouldn't. Not with his pedigree, mate, and he's come from Premier League. You wouldn't say he would sign for Luton Town. Let's be honest. No, but I don't think Wickham are going up. It's Oxford going up. So well, matter. we'll see this. Well, on this uh, after extra time live, um, oh, we can have this mate. debate, and then you can do exactly the same as what Jacko done last live, and you can say Greeny was right all along. I'll, I'll say Greeny was a twat. Oxford won three yeah. <laughs> 0 We'll see. <laughs> just, just quickly before we we go on to the transfer gossip. Um, Obviously, the the sad news of of Jack Charlton passing away um, the other day. Um, I, I know he was certainly before our our eras, but yeah, you have to sort of agree with what he did for the Republic of Ireland and their national team. It was a massive um, step up, and to get him into World Cups that when they hadn't done before, or they hadn't done for a very long time, I think it's just a, a remarkable achievement. So yeah, I, I just wanted to. Pay my respects to Jack Charlton and obviously a, a World Cup winner in his in the sixty six side. Yeah, here, here, Jacko. I think um, there's not many of that sixty six World Cup winning squad left now. No, I think um, there's but, first Bobby Charlton. I think Martin Peters passed away. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. There's there's not many of them left now. No, there's not. But here, here, yeah, complete legend of the game. Um, so we're we're going to finish this first segment with some transfer gossip. I'm trying to find a completely random one for Greeny. His respect <laughs> for, uh, for what he did to me, but I can't. Um, so we'll discuss Kante potentially going to Inter Milan to join Conte. What do you make of that, Greeny? <laughs> I've obviously stunned him into silence there. Greeny. <laughs> He didn't enjoy that. He didn't enjoy that. Yeah, obviously, obviously not. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just, I think it's just me and you, Jack, so we can have some decent intellectual football conversation. Uh, um, finally. What about, what, what do you think about Conte going to, uh, to Inter Milan? Do you see it happening? Um, I don't think there's much chance of that happening, to be honest. Um, I think Conte's been, obviously been at Chelsea a while now. Um, yeah. And I think we're looking at the signings they've made already. If they can shore up their defence, I think they've got a chance of going for the title. I don't think. Do you not think they'll be inclined to sort of um, sell Kante to make room for Havertz and Chilwell if nah. the rumours are to be believed? Um, no, I just think obviously in terms of Kante's value, obviously he's worth a fair bit. But I think in terms of his actual value on the pitch, he's probably someone you can't really. Afford to, afford to sell, yeah. Well, it's not so much, yeah, not so much afford to sell. It's more like you say to replace him would be who's who do they have? And I know, obviously, I spoke last week on the podcast about Chelsea turning up to six players. I think there's more chance of them 
selling some of their dead weight and yeah. trying to get the money for Havertz rather than selling one really important player. I think that would be do you, do you think they'll be able to afford to if they get rid of the dead weight? Because I don't think the dead weight's going to get them 70 million. No, that's, that's, that's obviously the only thing, isn't it? Whether or not they're, um, all those sort of players are going to get enough to get Havertz. But there is obviously, like you said, there's a lot of people on that wage bill at Chelsea, so I'm sure they could yeah. try and... Offload some. Um, yeah, I don't know why they could, well, they might be able to, you know, try and drum up. Obviously, we've seen the transfer window and we've seen how, how mental and what clubs will pay in the modern yeah. era. So, you never know. Um, ben Chilwell has now been uh, targeted by Manchester City, Man United and Chelsea. If you were Ben Chilwell, who would you want to sign for this summer? <laughs> if I was Ben Chilwell, um, possibly, well, all of them are going, they've got, appealing, you know, things about them, you know, obviously Man City have won many titles. Mm. Chelsea have got an appealing squad with the signings they've made and obviously Man United are in great form at the minute. Um, yeah. I think, if I was Ben Chilwell, I think I'd probably want to sign maybe for Chelsea or Man City, purely on the fact that they need a left-back more than Man United. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you not see that they try and sort of offload Shaw? Well, yeah, that that is the case. They could offload Shaw, but I just, I'm not sure they will. Um, obviously, we I think we might have touched on Chilwell before, potentially a couple of podcasts ago. But I think, yeah. uh, I think he may end up at Chelsea. Yeah, I, I think Chelsea are very keen on trying to get him. Yeah. Um, last one. Ndombele has been linked with a move away from Spurs. Uh, let's get this. Bayern Munich are interested in him, and they're also um... looking. at uh, Tim Tim Marie Bakayoko, who's on loan at Monaco, I think, from Chelsea. Do you yeah. think Mbappé will go from Spurs, or do you think Mourinho will try and keep him around, or do you think Mourinho's not interested in him? Yeah, I don't think Mourinho's interested in him. I think he'd have, he struggles getting to the Bayern side. <laughs> mm. um, they're quite rogue players for Bayern to be looking at. They used Bayern are quite shrewd with their recruitment normally. I'm not too sure yeah. they're looking at Ndombele and Bakayoko, who are both kind of. But is it a potential long-term replacement for um, Javier Martinez? Well, yeah, it could be, and um, I'm just I'm not too sure on the quality of both both of those players. Are they really good enough to play for Bayern Munich? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, it could be you know a long-term replacement, or you know it could. I, I just don't think both of those players are someone that Bayern Munich should be associating themselves with, and that's no disrespect yeah. to those two players, but I just think. You know, Bayern in the past have been quite, like I say, shrewd with their recruitment. And I think, you know, there's, there's better players out there for them, even if they are looking for long-term replacements. Yeah. Well, um, we've just had a message from Mr. Green. Um, he's said that he's boring and he doesn't want to join us on this podcast tonight. Um, so we're going to try and get him back for our, our next segment, um, which is discussing mental health with Marlon King. Um, so hopefully you'll join us for, for part two. Um and we shall see you in a bit. Yep. Thank you, Jacko. Yes. No, thank you, Jack. I'm shame Greeny's not... I'm sure Greeny's saying thank you, but he's obviously <laughs> not interested. So hopefully he'll decide that he wants to join us for the second part. So we'll catch you all in a bit. Good afternoon and welcome to part two of After Extra Time. Um, with your host this week, Jacko. 
Uh, I'm also joined by our usual co-hosts that apparently know the most, Jack and Greeny. Um, we have with us a special guest this afternoon, um, a chap that's played over 400 times in his career, including 24 appearances for Jamaica, um, Mr. Marlon King. Hello, Marlon. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Evening. I'm fine. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm good, mate. Um, one of the, the, the topic that I want to sort of discuss with you today um, is about mental health. And I want to sort of get your sort of side of it from an ex-pro's opinion. Okay, um, no problem. So, just just briefly, I, I understand you you're living out in Zambia. How how's lockdown been for you? Um, to be honest, it's not been too bad because the the, the numbers have been um, really low in terms of um, fatalities and okay. people um, getting the virus. Um, so, I think out of about sixteen seventy million people, maybe six or seven deaths. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, so it's not it's not been too hectic over, over here, but obviously in, in the UK it's been and across Europe and America it's been a lot more um, yeah. drama. So my concern's really for the, the guys, you guys that end, you know. And obviously, yeah. The in there. No. Uh, what have you done to keep yourself busy in the meantime? Yeah, no, just just the same. Just um, obviously um, working. I mean, work conditions are the same. Yeah. Um, I'm on a farm. I've got a lot of dogs. And, I've got three kids and a and a missus, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's, it's the same as, as normal, really. Just a way to keep myself occupied and uh, just staying um, fit and healthy. Yeah, good. No, it's good to hear. Um, obviously, uh, just briefly looking at your career, you've obviously played for teams such as Watford. Um, I'm a Mill- Millwall fan, so a bit of rivalry there with Gillingham. Um, <laughs> you played for for Forest, Wigan, and uh, Birmingham, and a host of others. Was there? How do you feel your career went? Obviously, personal personal situation aside, how did you feel on the field it went? Um, yeah, I mean, look, you good, you good seasons, you bad seasons, and then uh, for, for for whatever reason, you 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 might not be able to hit the ground running, or you just find yourself patch where you just can't stop scoring. So for me, yeah. I experienced like sort of situation there is to experience in a game. So. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think I made over five, four hundred, and yeah, yeah. Um, my dream was to become a professional footballer, um, and, oh. I, and I managed to achieve that. So, yeah, I don't look back with any any sort of regrets because I, I got what I could out of the game. I earned a good yeah. living and managed to, to set my family up for life. So, oh, that's good. There's no complaints. Where, where where would you say you had some of your best times? Was it? I, I presume it would have been somewhere where Watford, where you obviously got promoted to the Premier League. Yeah, I think that was that season because we was we was we were underdogs that season. And yeah. Obviously, a lot of um, a lot of the big name players left, and there was a lot of doom and gloom. And obviously, mm. um, Ad Bruford, who's uh, very close with he he came in and no one he was an unknown quantity. So it was a situation where we were relegation favourites. So to, yeah. to 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 go up, we did through the playoffs um, so confidently um, against Leeds. Palace and Leeds, and if you looked at their squads and their spending capacity, they're you know top top players for the mm. championship. Yeah, yeah. players like Taylor Morris, like Andy Johnson, Rob Rob Hulse, Neil Sutherland in goal. You know their their teams were like kind of prem kind of squads, and then yeah. they, obviously they they're following a lot 
higher than than Watford's, especially Leeds, you know, being such a big club. So the way we did it was just it was just an amazing season for 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 not just me, but I think everyone associated with it. Yeah. Um. Obviously, going on to the sort of mental health side of it, were there yeah. any periods, sort of, at the beginning part of your career, where you felt sort of anxious that you're going to be able to make a living out of it, or were you aware of sort of yeah. mental health issues at that time? Um, to be honest, um, when I because at, at the beginning, when I when I, I obviously I'm a South London boy, so I grew yeah. up in, um, in Peckham. I was born and raised in Peckham, and my okay. local team was obviously Millwall. Yeah, which, um, being around the corner in Bermondsey, and um, at about fourteen, fifteen, I tried out to get what what they had then as um, the youth youth training scheme, which was the YTS scheme. I think it's changed yeah. now to the academy um, process. So. Um, I went there and I didn't. I, <clears throat> I didn't make the grade. Um, they didn't choose to pick me in. Myself off and, and go through the, the kind of lower league, ranks. You know, and then when you've got players around you are getting these YTS schemes, but you know inside, they're not as good as you. Yeah. Um, it can be a little bit demoralising, but I never gave up, and that was that was a, the, the most important thing. I, I just kept going because I, I believed in myself, and I managed to find out find a route. Through the the pro league through Barnet, you gave me an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I had to go that route. Was there any, any sort of time where, especially the sort of dressing room side of things, was there any sort of? I know there's been a lot of stigma with blokes and mental health and the fact that we don't like to share our feelings, we don't talk about it. Did you ever have a sense of that in the dressing room that it was something that was very taboo and you couldn't discuss it, or were you able to get into dressing rooms? That had that sort of atmosphere that you could sort of, you know, yeah, have some. Very, it's a very no? guarded industry, to be honest, okay. um, Jack. I think it's it's you know it's a, it's a, it's a it's a kind of persona thing, especially. Well, I can only speak for kind of like the football change rooms. It's you know, sort of ego, and then obviously with the club being whatever club you're playing for, they're a massive establishment. You yeah. To 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 bring these things up from when I was playing, it would be like a little bit of a stigma. So. Yeah. Even if you had off the field, never touched upon. There wasn't any sort of. You might pull the gaffer and have a word or stuff like that, but no, no one really showed their emotions in terms of what was happening in and around um, their home life or or stuff like that. And I think social media wasn't as potent as it is now. So no. more players have got a voice. You know, when you see like what um, Rashford's doing with yes, with yeah. Kids, and you see Sterling speaking out about Black Lives Matter and other players voicing their concerns. When I was playing, I didn't have that platform. No. So, you know, you bottled a lot of stuff up, and, and, and you know, it, it sometimes it will it will affect your performance, or sometimes you make decisions off the field that you know um, affected you negatively because you didn't kind of, you know how you're feeling, or you didn't seek help, um, and. I think a lot of people, a lot more people now are touching on, on, on that subject, which is excellent. Yeah. All, all walks of life. It's not, I don't even think it's um, just football because even my, my daughter came home yesterday said she had a, a class called PSHE um, and it was yeah. like a mental health subject as people talking about if they feel suicidal and stuff and how the kids oh, wow. felt. And, yeah, so they've started to introduce that into schools and stuff now and it's... You know, it's important to, to to know that there's other people out there that you know feel just like you are. You're not alone. So yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's good. But when I was playing football, it wasn't really 
wouldn't touch this one. Do, would you say that's a frustrating thing to see? Looking back on it as a sort of ex-pro now, would you say that the FA should have done more to help this sort of thing out? Would, do you think yeah, it would have affected certain certain players with their off-field issues as well? It may have prevented some down the line? Yeah, 100%. Because you don't get... You, you, one, one thing when you're coming into football, you, you're taught you know, the basics and how to play the game. and You're not taught life skills. Um, no. And, you know, they don't have these classes set up for youngsters. I'm not sure what the PFP are doing at the moment in terms of just speaking to these youngsters that are looking to go into a, a, a situation where they're going to be in a public eye. They're going to be scrutinised and, you know, they're going to have to take some sort of abuse in terms of from support. And everybody's different and it affects, has a different impact on, 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 on different, you know, uh, individual, so it, 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 it is frustrating looking back now, but I think there's a chance to kind of change the next generation. So instead of being yeah. kind of negative about it, it's seeing more and more people touch on the subject. I see, um, I think something popped up on my phone about there's a Premier League footballer that's um, who's gay but he's scared yeah. to come out, you know, and it's you know, all of these things. I think it's it is frustrating because you think, okay, why, why, why have you got as far as kind of announcing that you're gay and you're scared to come out, but you haven't come out? So it's like maybe if you do that, it will set a precedent for other players that might have the same sort of issue as you to to feel free about who they are as people. Yeah, you know. So it, you know, I think um, Hitzelberger and I think I believe there was one more player from America. So there's. There's only a couple of players that have been brave enough to do it. But then if you look at, like, mm. if we go into a different subject about Colin, um, is it Kaepernick did with the, the yes. deal? Yeah, yeah. He had to literally take so much abuse and, like, lose his job to stand through yeah. the fight, which has now come at the forefront to say, well, everybody's like, well, we're following the lead now. He's like some sort of, you know, he is like a superhero, the black community. But nobody was brave enough to kind of, or not too many people were brave enough to follow suit. And he took it upon himself. But he's a different character to a lot of other probably athletes and endorsements and play for big establishments. So there's that kind of stigma with it as well. You know, certain players' hands are tied because they can't seem to be a certain about certain subjects because it might affect their brand. You know, there's a lot of other stuff that goes with it, you know, while these players are not coming out and talking about stuff. So, what sort of thing would you like to see the PFA do then? Um, do you think sort of more educational side of it at a younger age, sort of academy-wise, to give I them that opportunity of a life course? Yeah. You've got to understand, you can go from like 16 and earning crazy amounts of money. You've never been in that situation before. And then you're put in a position where you've got just a load of vultures and there's a lot of traps that are set for you. And at that young age, you're still, yeah. still growing. You know, you yeah. do people around you really be a negative. You see a ex-players or ex-athletes and they just they, they didn't capitalise on 
what it is that they the in terms of whether it be their finances, whether they've gone through a divorce, mm. whether you know, all of these things are not um talk to these youngsters um in any walk of life really i mean how many times do we sit down and unless an issue comes to us with our children give them a full kind yeah. of uh in-depth conversation about what we went through as adults it's it's, it's quite yeah. rare i mean it's, it's happening more and more but it's happening more through social media but in terms of one-to-one with your child in terms of what they want to do and you know, and what direction, how they're feeling. How, how many times do 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 us as parents really sit down? Because we're so mm. busy, we're so in, we're so entwined of trying to perfect what we're doing. We bring up the next generation, kind of let them, kind of do what they want to do, kind of thing in terms of what direction they're going. And so I think, um, yeah, yeah, I would like to see, and not not just. Not just the football level. I'm just talking about schools as well. I'm sure there's a lot of educational stuff. There's there's classes. I'm sure yeah. there's support networks that are put on to speak to kids about how they're feeling. There's a lot of bullying going on. There's a lot of stuff with kids that they got to deal with at home as well that can affect the way you know their their, their educational uh, results and stuff go. So the, the the more the better. The more we speak about it, the more people feel comfortable about talking about mental health. Because you know, yeah. imagine saying that may, maybe ten, fifteen years ago, people are like, "Oh, mental health? Does that mean you're crazy?" You know, that was the stigma that was behind these sort of conversations. But it's just literally talking yeah. about your mindset, your mindset, no. set and mind state, and it's not it's nothing embarrassing about it. You know, and the more people yourselves and myself and other people speaking openly about it, yeah, yeah, no, definitely agree with comfortable that. Um, Greeny, Jack, yeah. just to bring you in on this, um, where do you feel sort of taking it away from football side? Do you have you had to deal with sort of any issues recently that have affected your mental health? And and, and if so, do you, do you feel you've had enough support to deal with those? Uh, mate, how about it? When I was at West Brom, mate, and uh, I got to so, I got to some stage, done my coaching badges, mate, carried on, and then you get one saying, you know what, you're not good enough to be a coach yeah. or a manager, and you think mm, that's a big knock. But you know what, mate, it didn't. It, it affected me, yeah. Um, I've, I think I've touched up on this with Kingy, but it then made me want to even push on even further. Yeah. So it actually gave me a boost, a platform, or a springboard, whatever you want to call it to progress higher and to teach them wrong. Yeah. So, to me, it, yeah, it got to me, but it didn't. It made me a stronger person, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Jack, what about yourself? Yeah, I think over the last year, 18 months, I, um, I've struggled really bad recently. Well, not recently, but last year, yeah. especially. You know, I had a couple of deaths in my family and um, I was in hospital myself and I've struggled. I was really, really in a dark place, but... Um, recently I've been well not recently but over the last like six six months or so I've been seeing a therapist and stuff and yeah. that's really helped and a lot of my mates are actually really good like yeah. before, before lockdown we probably spent every night together watching the football or playing sports together um, and my parents have been really really good as well um, my mum and dad especially my grandparents yeah we, everyone's been pretty um, pretty good to be fair but obviously it's, it's a new experience for them as well as, as, well as me yeah uh, sometimes I think they just felt help because obviously there's not really a lot they can do you can, you can talk to people and such like but 
Um, at times, I think they felt a bit helpless. But I feel for me, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways I obviously I know we're probably touching it. But there's a lot of ways that I deal with my mental health, and a lot of ways I try and deal with stress, etc. You know, I just for me, a lot of positives for me are you know exercise for me is the main one. Um, yeah, play, well, playing football obviously, but just playing any sport really, even if like just going on a run or something, you know. Mm. Stuff like that is so positive and so good to just get the endorphins and that going and make you feel just make you feel happy, you know. Get get going and it makes you feel like you've done something. Yeah. Did you did you have a, a, a particular time during lockdown, Jack, or were you able to cope with it? I know um, I know I've seen a lot of on social media mainly that there were quite a few people sort of average Joes and celebrities that sort of struggled with it. Were you able to cope well with it or were you sort of struggling? I actually, considering how bad I was last year, and all that, I, I, was just, I was at a point in my life where I literally couldn't even leave the house and stuff last year. Yeah. Um, couldn't even get in the shower, all sorts of things like that. I had to be in the house with someone. Yeah. Um, but actually, during lockdown, I actually, quite surprisingly, I don't know whether it's because I've been having sessions or I've just been learning how to cope with things. I've learned, I've been learning different methods and stuff. So I was actually really quite good during lockdown. Um, yeah. What I tried to do is, I don't know if people have done the same sort of thing, but I try to keep a routine of sort of things. Yes, yeah. Routine's obviously really good. So obviously wake up the same day, wake up the same time every day, um, def- did some exercise straight away, whether that be a hit workout or whether that be a run or whether that be even just a walk with a friend when we could see friends. Yeah. Um, during lockdown, I walk by myself. Um, just, just little things really like that and just trying to... Obviously, keep your mind occupied. Keep trying, maybe try not so much for me. Try and learn new things, but you know, just I just try to keep everything the same. Yeah. Apart from going to work, obviously, just kept everything in my life the same. Yeah. So I had that sense of normality and that sense of routine. No, that's good. Um, just, just quickly, Marlon, just before we go, because I know I'm aware of how busy man you are. Have you been keeping an eye on the football since the restart? Um. Yeah, I have, but not not every single game because obviously, no. being not just at work, being a director, and there's so many things I've got to cover and sort out with staff and whatever. So I don't really. Get any, when I come home, I try and chill out with the kids, and then we do like in, as um, Jack was saying, I I I, I it's composed. We we do four sessions a week with my kids, and I mm. try and get the missus in there now and again, but she's she uses our. We do like 30 to 45 minutes, like um, four to five times a week. And then, as yeah. Jack says, I'll, I'll go and walk around my farm um, with the headphones on and just take in what I can and, and refresh my batteries. And, you know, just as as you said, just small things. So, yeah, if I catch a game, but it's what's weird, like, it's just watching it ain't the same because it feels like a pre season no. game. It's, it's just, yeah, no. It's super, super, super strange for me watching it, and it's like, okay, is this an official game? Because without the supporters, it's, it's just not. And I speak to a few of the boys, and it's just they. And I feel like, and I'll be honest, I said this, I touched on it the other day. I feel like who was I talking to? Colton, talking to Colton Cole the other day. I said, you know what? I feel like um, with the fans not being there, and this is another thing that you're touching on with mental health. 
like it's affecting players and teams in a different way. Because if you look at Man United's form, yeah, in front of you know seventy odd thousand people, there's a lot of pressure because everybody's on. You know, if they're not, it's you know just. And I'm looking at their their run of games and how how they're done. Do you guys? Uh, just a quick question. Do you guys feel like because the supporters are not there? Do you feel they feel more freedom to express themselves? Uh, uh, Kingy, uh, on that one, I say it depends what team. I mean, I feel Leicester haven't performed wise. There ain't no fans. If I think there's just fans, they, they perform a lot better. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Man United are a different. They're, they're the biggest club in the world. Yeah. So I'm saying yeah. because of that added pressure, you see Leicester, they, they got this, the targeted mm. support. And they ain't got it. But you mm. guys, the, the, the Leicester fans are like the 12th man. Now, with Man mm. United, yeah. it's like everywhere they go, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's no coincidence. I'm just looking at their run of games. And it's like, ever since this mm. lockdown's happened and the season's restarted and there's been no support at the ground, they've looked like title contenders. Mm. Yeah. I don't think so. I think just... Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Look at the top teams. Even um, who else can I say? Even Chelsea, maybe. Yeah, Liverpool. I mean Chelsea are blowing hot and cold. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't want to talk about football, but yeah, I mean whatever game <laughs> I have called, it's just felt coming back to the subject. It just felt it just feels strange for me as an ex-pro, just yeah. not see um, the fans back at the game and. I am actually working on some stuff with my, with my business partners to try and help get the supporters back to the ground. So keep your eye on that. Um, I'm always doing something. So I'm, I'm trying to work on um, a pro- well, we have worked on a product to, to try and get the, the supporters and the players back in the grounds as safe as possible. So yeah. I'm hoping we're just having some meetings now and we're just trying to, to get the product through the door. Basically, it's just. Um, it's a COVID detection um, company that we've started, and um, oh wow, yeah, we've we've got like these tunnels that are foggers, and they're also scanners as well, which basically you walk, reach your temperature, and it sanitizes mm. you through the foggers. It gives you twenty-four oh, okay. hour protection. Yeah, so um, me and my business partners are, are, are hoping to get that through to a few clubs, and then obviously. Um, even in some supermarkets and uh, some other um, establishments. So I don't want to talk too much, but I'm I'm hoping that once the season ends, um, we can we can get that um, push through and get you guys back at the games because I know what it's like yeah. not having football, man. It, you must be pulling your hair out. No, well, well, it is one for me. I mean, I try to go to the den as much as I can, and I do miss it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, no, I've been. Well, I was, I, it was one of those things. I, I was sort of wanting to ask you, but not wanting to ask you at the same time. What was it like playing at the deck? So I know Gillingham would have played a couple well, of times, and I think Forest did play. Every every time, every single time I played Mill in my career, I've scored. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I tell you. I mean, look. No, no. For me, it's extra special because. And I always, I don't know, every time I played against Small, I always had this grit in my teeth because yeah. I knew that they released me as a younger youngster. And then what's weird is that I, when I played for my district team, we had a friendly against Millwall. Um, yeah. Youth team. 
and I scored five wow. goals. And they, they asked me to come back, and my dad wasn't having none of it. Um, wow. And it, yeah, I mean, it's like a, I can walk to where uh, I grew up. It's come to the ground, and you know, the then you get like little yeah. abuse at you. So it's um. <laughs> I always got myself geared up for for. Uh, I've always got this special kind of, and I, you know what, I nearly suffered you twice. No, I can say that. Now. I can say <laughs> no, actually three times, three times, Jack. Because um, first time was when I was at Barnet and Gillingham, um, Gillingham signed me. Um, yeah, I came back from holiday. And my dad said, "Look, you got three clubs. You got a choice of three clubs: Stoke, Gillingham, and Millwall." And I didn't want to go yeah. up north. No. And then I didn't want to go Millwall because obviously they released me. So I went Gillingham. That was that yeah. instance. The next time was when I was at Forest. I think you guys had Timmy Jacket, I think. Yes, yeah. He tried to sign me. And then I signed for... I went to Watford. And then yeah. the third time is when I was at Birmingham. Um, and this is a funny story I love you with know. The night before we played you at the den, I don't know if you remember it, where um, we were three nil down, um, and I scored a hat trick in a pink <laughs> kit. In a pink kit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had Ian Holloway call me the night before. I was in the hotel. He was like, "Kingy, look, do you want to come to Blackpool?" Because and I said he wants to get you and Ziggy off the wage bill. But yeah, said anything to me. I was kind of surprised that I had um, Ian Holloway ring me the night before a game marks and if I wanted to go to play he was like oh you know we can't afford your salary but we can give you first in football and stuff and I was like yeah. oh bloody hell it'd be nice if my manager told me that um, we wanted to get we wanted to get me off the wage bill um, so that's how I kind of found out um, when I was at Birmingham and then the next night I, I scored a hat-trick me after he goes well you've just fucked up my plans um, of signing <laughs> so sorry am I allowed to swear sorry sorry just, sorry Sorry about this. Word. No, it's right. Yeah, he just literally his words. He goes like, he, "Well, he said a bit more." You know what Holloway's like? Yeah, he absolutely messed up my plans because I went and scored a hat trick the, the night the night after that he tried to sign me. So, um, yeah, that was a, that, that's what I tell you that as you brought up. Uh, no, that's brilliant. Thanks for that. No worries. Uh, no, uh, in all honesty, it's been brilliant to have you on. No um, worries. Great. Really been on non-stop about it. Um, one thing I have been told to mention, Bogrini. Apparently, you're not a, a very good with technology. A bit of a technophobe. Um, I'm terrible. Sorry, Kingy. No, to be fair, like, I've only jumped on this Instagram thing for the last few months. To be fair, my kids and my missus were like, "No, just get on it, start your page, start putting out some positive stuff," and. You know, see nice how you get with it. Because um, like, I'm always telling them stories and stuff, like whether it's football or off the field, and they love it. Like, they, when I come home, they're like, Dad, tell us another story and stuff, you know, whether it, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, because I don't hide anything from my kids, to be honest. And I feel like the more knowledge I can, uh, and this is coming back to like mental health and using sometimes you've been through, sharing it with others. Um, yeah, I tell them so. You know, it's not like they can turn around. Well, Dad, you don't understand. You play like I've seen the worst yeah. of the worst, and I've seen the best of the best. So, for me, I use that as a positive. And even when I get on, it's not just all about football. I talk, I touch on everything and anything, just because I, you know, giving an insight to people that 
may may don't understand the mindset of that side of the world that footballers are human beings like everybody else. But unfortunately, we we, we live our lives through a, 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 a microscope, you know. So um, sometimes when I'm talking to Greeny, we're having a conversation. We touch on all, all sorts, and yeah. it's just good, you know. No, but I, I was sort of a bit tentative about the interview. I, I wasn't quite sure whether or not you'd be comfortable with me talking about the stuff. And I just wanted to sort of, sort of touch on it from a football point of view. Um, I think with the way Greeny's spoken to to me about how you've, you've talked about everything off the field, I think it's it's brilliant that people are willing to sort of discuss it and not yeah. not not hold anything back. Yeah, um, no, definitely. And, and, and as you said before, I think education is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but, Genuinely, thank you very much for coming on. No, cheers. Um, Anytime. Really really nice cheers, you. Jack. Good story yeah. that about your your, yeah. your your lockdown and what you... Yeah, yeah. stay strong, stay um, safe, stay, stay blessed, guys. And um, as I said, just keep a positive movement, man. Use social media for positive messages because there's too much crap on there. When I go in there, sometimes I'll just come off here. Yeah. So, um, no. yeah. All right, guys. Cheers, King. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it, mate. Cheers, and, King. Uh, Anytime. We'll, we'll get you back on so, uh, hopefully someday soon. No, no problem. Cheers, mate. I do appreciate it. Uh, Have a good night. Cheers, mate. And you. Take care. Top man, King. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Cheers. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.